Hi, welcome to the Winners Find A Way show and podcast with your host, Trent M. Clark, three-time World Series coach, CEO of Leadershipity, serial entrepreneur, having started 12 companies, coach to the 1%, and an international speaker. This show is going to be your go-to podcast for facing adversity, being inspired, and overcoming obstacles, all from the best in the world, business, sports, and leadership. Hate the crappy ingredients in many beverages and energy drinks? Rebellious Infusions are the go-to functional beverage. They have five or fewer plant-based organic ingredients. No sugar, no calories, loaded with antioxidants to boost your immune system. And L-thionine for brain health. Rebellious Infusions are available at drinkrebellious.com. Rethink your drink. For 10% off of your next purchase, use the code 99999. Hello, welcome to the Winner's Find a Way Show special edition. It is... Veterans Day, and I am with my good friend, Jeremy Spann, sergeant in the Marine Corps, Jeremy Spann, fired up about my CU alum and joining me today. Jeremy, how are you doing, buddy? Man, I'm doing great. Thanks for reaching out to get me on the show. I'm always excited when you and I, I always get fired up when I, when you and I start talking. Like I'm like, ah, you know, I used to be swift, silent, and deadly in the Marine Corps. Now I'm slow, fat, and harmless, but I want to go back and be swift, silent, and deadly again every time I talk with you. It's, I appreciate that. I got to remember that. Like, swift, silent, and deadly. That's what I'm going for, by the way. But I, I am excited about Veterans Day. And, you know, when, when Jeremy talks about us getting together, we're friends. He runs 11 companies in the Fort Worth area and all over Texas. He is a Texan at heart, TCU grad, both undergrad and his master's, his MBA. Uh, longtime Marine and that left the Marines as a sergeant in 1997. Although you never leave the Marines, right? Like we're never. No, it's Marine, always Marine. Once yeah, the, that's always right. Departed, right? <laughs> that's every, everyone tells me it, man. Like, so truth. But yeah, always just, you know, Jeremy, one of the things I love about you, you and I, we get down at it. Jeremy is a podcast host and has a show called Winning Strategies Playbook. Definitely want to check that out. I have been a guest on his show and been the fortunate end of that show. And man, I'm grateful and honored because it is a fabulous show. And Jeremy just continues to bring that knowledge and give back into his community. So for me, no one better for Veterans Day to bring in my man, Jay Spann. So I'm excited, Sergeant. Let's, let's get at this. Let's do it. Thanks again. Yeah. So you, you and I are fellow entrepreneur organization members. I'm not sure like when you left the Marine Corps in 97, like, hey, I'm going to be an entrepreneur because you sign on and, and head off to school, bust your butt, become city manager in, in Fort Worth. You know, is that your hometown? Is that where you're from? No, no, no. I was, I was uh, Fort Worth PD. Oh, you're a PD. Okay. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So, oh, I yeah, so you went right into the police department. Okay. Yeah. Were you going to school while you were in the police department or did you do that before? Yeah, no, no, no. So it's really interesting. Is so I hired on Fort Worth in ninety. Yeah, it was right after I got out of the Marines, ninety seven. And uh, it was interesting because I had an incident that almost got me fired. It wasn't anything bad or anything else. It was this incident, and uh, which was really interesting because I was like, man, I need to get an education because I'd originally dropped out of high school wow. when I was in, in, in the Marines at seventeen. Mom and Dad had a sign for me, uh, for me to go in the Marines because I wasn't old enough to sign up. So I was young. Yeah. My boot camp class when I graduated number one out of boot camp, I was the platoon honor man, and and so I had a really just very great career in the Marines. And then when I got out, and I was in the PD, and I had this incident, and I, I was like, man, I need to get an education. Yeah. So I was working eight o'clock at night to six o'clock in the morning, and then going home, shower, go to school till about two or three in the afternoon. 
And I did that for four and a half years. This is one of the things, Jeremy, I think young adults miss this, man. Like you've got to learn to work hard and you got to cut your teeth. I know my first job, you know, I, I was shoveling snow and delivering newspapers, you know, doing anything to make money as a kid. And then, you know, as an adult, as a college graduate, I took a job for no money because mm-hmm. I knew the experience would just serve on my resume, right? Like I had to go work with a professional baseball team and they paid me zero. They did give me a pat on the back. You know, that wasn't bad. And actually I ended up doing okay because the players who knew I was just, you know, hungry kid with, you know, literally hungry. And they were like, man, they, they, I'd find like a couple hundred ducks in my pot in, in my locker some days. Cause they knew I was serving them and working hard. And they were like, man, this, this kid's getting nothing. And, and man, I, I found ways to pay rent with a couple tips from players, man. And I was so grateful. And, but you know, that's what it took. And man, like 15 hour days, like, yeah, you're just getting started. Like so, so when I hear Jeremy Span, the, the the owner of eleven companies, like you're just you're a hardworking man, and man, what's what's a day to day look like for you, man? Oh man, so you know, I get up at four in the morning. I have a lot of people go, "Well, you get up at four in the morning because you're in the Marines. You like getting up at four in the morning." I'm like, let me tell you, if there's anybody on this planet that despises getting up at four o'clock <laughs> in the morning, it is this guy. But you do what you have to do. You know, the yeah. one, some of the things I tell all, all everybody in my business is. We say what we need to say, not what we want to say. And we do what we need to do, not what we want to do. And you got to make the grind. You got to be successful because at 8 a.m., the phone starts blowing up with problems, right? Yeah. If you don't have that four hours before their work done, you're not going to get it done at 8 a.m. Because when you got 11 companies, you got 11 problems that start at 8 a.m. That's that's I love that. So give me that quote again. You know, uh, give me that quote you just said one more time. Yeah, not yeah, what yeah. we want. Yeah, yeah, yeah. You say what you need to say, not what you want to say. And you do what you need to do, not what you want to do. Yeah, it's hard. It's showing restraint and pace. I'm not a patient person, right? Like culture index. Yeah. I'm as low of a C trade as you can get. Like everything is right now. So it takes an absorbent amount of energy for me to demonstrate patience and restraint. And uh, in fact, some, some of the guys in my companies, they laugh as they go, man, there's no one that takes an MFing like you do. And you just sit there, right? And I just sit there as somebody spewing and telling me stuff. And then when they're done, I just respond, not react. Always respond, don't react. Say what you need to say, not what you want to say. And I keep a calm, patient voice. And, you know, when people start talking louder, I start talking quieter. Because when you're speaking quieter, people have to stop talking to listen. Yeah, that's good, man. You know, that, that right there... For so many people who have never led, who've never managed, we don't, most people don't do well at that, right? You know, in, in leadership, we talk a lot about that most leaders didn't go to school for leadership and they didn't go to school for coaching, right? And yeah. now it's like, whoa, hey, you got to do all this leadership and coaching. Like, what's your experience in that? Like, oh, I don't know. Like, well, and if you're lucky, like, hey, I worked for a guy like Jeremy Spann. I learned some things. Okay. So you can model some things, but I know with 11 companies, your employees aren't with you all the time. So they get to see you maybe 10, 15% of the time. Am I really now prepared to get out there and lead? Because I've been around a good leader a little bit, right? Like, I don't know if that plays. And I know some of those skills will transition over, right? Yeah. But it's one of the things that's a challenge. But, you know, I see so many people today 
I'm going to say what I want. I'm going to do what I want. Mm-hmm. I don't, what we need, you know, and that's, that's a challenge that I've told my kids, you know, I have a 24 year old, now a grandson, Jeremy, by the way. You're and, a grandfather now? Uh, yeah, thanks. And so, <laughs> you know, when you think about that, like I've told them since they were little, man, like this country is awesome. Right. And we don't have any more needs in this country. We just have wants. Like that's yep. it. Like, you, you know, you look around and both my wife have been blessed and fortunate to be college educated and we have the fortitude to work. And so no matter what happens in this economy or anything else, we can, we can figure that out. Like winners will find a way and we will find a way to get it done. And, but when this is like, you look around, you don't have any more needs here. They're met. We have yeah. wants and that's it. And man, we've just embraced this. Say what you want, do what you want. Everybody else needs to just come along. And I'm like, man, I, I don't know if I'm down with that because I don't, you know, if we all do and say what we want, like, watch out. <laughs> it's, it's, oh, whew, this is going to get ugly. You know, it's, it's really interesting. You say that Trent it is I raised my daughter and it's really funny because my daughter's 21 now. Right. She's in well, college and, or I joke around. age to drink. Yeah, yeah. So is you know, people go, Your daughter's in college, and I make jokes. I said, Well, she's at college. (laughs) This is the difference between being in school and at school. Yeah, yeah, yeah. But she's figuring it out. And uh, I'll give you an example is the last Christmas. So I spend half my year at my house up in the mountains. Like you said, it's very hard. It's very challenging to lead all these companies. And I'm not even in I'm not even in Texas most of the time. Yeah. Not just in Colorado, but traveling all over the place. And so you've got to trust in people and lead them in a fashion where they're going to do what they need to do, even though you're not even here. And so raising my daughter, I raised her to say there are no mistakes. There's learning opportunities. Now, the first time it happens, if you repeat that, then that becomes a mistake and you need to accept accountability for that. But make it a learning opportunity, right? Go out and do your thing. Learn, right? And it's okay. Life is not easy. It's going to be painful. Yeah. Guess what? Time on this planet is limited. God's going to punch your ticket someday, right? And when it does, it's over. Like that, lights out, right? It's no more. Yeah. And and so I said, just learn your way through life. So last Christmas, you know, my brother-in-law, who's a colonel in the army still, he's so calm guy, comes in with his wife and kids. I have my in-laws and I have great, great in-laws, man. Most people don't like their in-laws. I love, love my in-laws. Yeah. So, so we're there. We take everybody back to the airport and my daughter stayed for a couple extra days before she went back to Fort Collins. And uh, we were, you know, she was like, man, dad, everybody was up my butt, man. Everybody, goes, what are you going to major in? What are you going to be in life? Where are you going? Yeah. Direction, all of this. And she goes, you never say anything. And I said, honey, it's your life to live. I just want you to be happy. I said, first off, I dropped out of high school at 17. You actually yeah. made it to college. I was like, man, I'm grateful for that. And I was like, whatever you think you're going to be today, it's going to change 10 times. I mean, I thought I was going to be in the Marines forever. I thought I was going to be a cop forever. And then I thought I was going to do this and that. I mean, if you would have told me over 30 years ago, I'd be where I'm at right now. I'd look at you cross-eyed. Yeah. And, and, and it's just like, hey, you're, you're, it's okay. You're going to fail. Good friend of mine, Brian Scudamore, right? You know, one yeah, sure. Owner. You know, I was a one eight hundred guy junk owner. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. Franchisee, man. I remember. You know, we have talked a long time, but the last time we were sitting there talking, you know, his book WTF, willing to fail, and we yeah. were sitting there talking, and he was just like, "Yeah, you, you're going to make mistakes. You know, you're going to do things and and figure it out, and and, uh, and and you just you look for people that have that give, right? Not the take. A lot of people are takers. 
looking for the givers. And so it's interesting when you said, you know, going to work for free. So, you know, I'm the largest landlord of off-campus TCU student housing. And one of my former tenants who ultimately became in his senior year, my intern, and then he graduated and went and got a job. Well, right now, and he's going to give me the answer today, actually, of all days on Veterans Day, is if he's going to take my job offer and he's going to take a $25,000 pay cut to come work, right? And it's because that's where the entry-level position is. But I was like, I think you're going to do great and you will exceed what you're currently making if you come in. But the knowledge you're going to get, the experience you're going to get. And he goes, man, I'm going to take a week to think about this. And I said, you should. There's a lot of risk. Any of my companies can end on any day, Right. All Every, of us can end on any day, right? So like, right. you know, it's fragile. Yeah. Oh, yeah. And I said, so there's a lot of risk in this position. So you should take a moment to think about it. And I'm pretty sure he's going to give me a yes, right? Yeah. Because if he wasn't, he would have told me no already. <laughs> yeah. Well, it's it's exciting. So let's talk a little bit about that. I mean, you're this police officer and then, you know, you start a couple side hustles and those aren't really making money, but you're like, that's it. I'm quitting my day job with with a daughter, with, with a wife, and you decide, like, hey, I'm going to go into this. What's on your mind at that point? Are you thinking, like, hey, man, this is a great idea. What, you know, where are you at at that moment? Yeah, so I don't think I thought a lot. When I believe in something, I believe it. And normally, is I have what I say is I don't just believe in it, but I have the data to back it up. It's like being a Marine, right? Yeah. Is when you become a Marine, you're earning the title of those that came before you those that proved it long before you. The Marine Corps is an ethos, right? And that's the reason we always say, once Marine, always Marine. You're not an ex-Marine or any of that because there's this belief system. Like, we're, we're cannon fodder in combat, right? You know, that's why they send the Marines first. They're like, man, they'll carry heavy stuff and get shot at. Yeah. And, uh, because we believe. And actually, how we got our name, our, our nickname, Devil Dog, was the Battle of Bella Wood, Right. And so here it is, you're in a world war and the Germans hear these Marines, they heard them before they saw them coming at them. And they were all like, ah, ah, they were barking like dogs. And that's where they said, which is German for the devil dog, right? Yeah. The dog of the devil, because they sounded like these satanic dogs coming. And, and it's yeah. just Marines are always recognized because it's a belief system. And so I felt it, I believed it. And you know what? Look, I'm talking to a three-time World Series guy. Yeah. You don't win games by being on the sidelines. Yeah. You don't win things like C.T. Fletcher. You ever heard of C.T. Fletcher? I don't think I have. Oh, yeah. So he used to be the world's strongest man. Okay. And, and so he had a heart attack. and The doctors told him, you're never going to lift weights again. And he said, watch this. And he became the strongest man titled again. And, you know, but he was like, the show could stop because I'm here. I am the one. I'm going to stand on that top pedestal. Y'all can fight over second and third, but this first place is for me. And you don't get there by sitting on the sidelines. You've got to commit. You've got to make the jump. Because if you don't, you're going to be an observer. That's it. Yeah, I think that, you know, let's talk about you hire a lot of ex-military people that you knew have been in there. I hire a lot of ex-athletes because I know what they've been in and 
You know, and I, and I know a lot of folks that go after folks because they understand prioritization. They understand time management. They understand that they may get kicked in the teeth and get knocked down and they're going to get back up. Right. Yep. And so they've got some resiliency and coachability is pretty high. Right. We've, we've been trained. And so you know, there's a lot of skill sets. Talk to me a little bit about like, you know, why that's been important for you and, and to further that along and further people. Yeah, absolutely. And it's and it's real easy to do with vets, right? Is to be be involved in something that's bigger than you, right? Kind of like athletes, right? No one person wins a World Series. It takes a team. You got to be committed to something more than yourself. You got to not be self in order to be selfless, right? And with vets, it's easy for me to find because that's basically what I've done is I've I've translated what it was like to be a part of something bigger than ourselves in the military to doing that in business. And that's why, but you got to show up, right? Like as the leader of the group, you got to demonstrate that you're never going to ask them to do anything that you haven't already done or willing to do. You got to outwork them, you know? And that's, and that's what I do. I'm like, I mean, the running, the running joke in our company is, is like, there's not enough hours in the day or what did Dustin say the other day? He goes, there's only 24 hours in a day and span doesn't sleep. He goes, so if you're going to work 20 hours, he's going to work 21. If you work 21, he's going to work 22. If you work 20, if you, if we're both working 24 hours a day, then nobody's sleeping. But you have to do that because if you're going to be a leader, you've got to demonstrate that. But it doesn't take a lot of to get them to understand it. And in the civilians that I have, the people that didn't serve in the military, they see that and you demonstrate it. And, and, and it's just, it's, it's, it's really phenomenal to just watch it come together and watch them do these amazing things. And a lot of people dig on the younger generation and I'm fascinated by the younger generation. You know, I I think that there's a lot of weird things going on, right? A lot of, a lot of whatevers, but man, the ones that clearly stick out, stick out and they think different and they do different. And they're really just fascinating. Like my daughter, right? She's figuring out life, but the fact that right now she's figuring out on her own in a state, in a city where she doesn't have any infrastructure, you have to find those things that you go, wow, that's really impressive. Is she making all the decisions? I want her to make. no, not at all, you know, yeah. but she's doing it on her own. And that's fascinating because she grew up in this very good life. And she was like, you know, I'm going to leave that life. I'm going to go over here and I'm going to do this. I'm going to figure it out on my own. And that's where, those are the things that we have to pay attention to, right? We got to leave all the other stuff alone and go, wow, what is it that they're doing that is really impressive? It's really great. I like I look at these kids now and I'm like, man, they're they're actually smarter than we were at their age, right? Yeah, one of the things that's interesting is like they're really, you know, they're really in tune to money, right? Which is really interesting, like savings and like how a Roth IRA works and like, you know, I don't want to do that. They're they're watching their dollars closely. And I, I think that's probably a little bit because, you know, I look at my like 20 year old, 21 year old, who's like really tight. Right. And he makes some decent money and, and, and he's, and he's gonna, you know, he's on that entrepreneur track, man. Like he's a hard worker and he's of the, of the mind that, you know, my guess is he watched us in 08 to 10, right. When things went really rough and he was, you know, seven to 11 years old during that time, those four really rough years of, man, dad lost his job for 10 months, right? Like, Hey, there's an unemployment line and I'm going. And, you know, you gotta, you gotta face that in your life. And he's got to see that like, 
no, we're not going out. <laughs> it's going to be sandwiches. It's going to be, you know, like we're going to, we're going to eat. We're not going out. And, and I think that that generation has grasped a little, a little bit like that. Like my father did, you know, coming out of a great depression kind of guy Yeah, as a kid. And so it's going to be interesting to watch it play out. But one of the things like I love, you know, when these bodies of, of team members come together is, you know, I'm always looking for that person who, you know, who go the extra mile. Right. And, and we got these leaders and most of the organizations that I work with, that leader is always the hardest worker. And in fact, it's very interesting because no one really wants to be the hardest worker in the company and not be at the top. It actually demotivates them to work hard. If I work hard for, for the person who's at the top, it never works. You know, it's never around and never doing anything and never, never contributing to the greater good other than, you know, maybe a smile and the, and the corporate speech every quarter, right? So it's a very different environment, but I'm asking people to do hard things and I'm waiting for the people that say, I will. Mm-hmm. I will do the track. Hey, we've lost our, our custodial services. I'll clean this place twice a week. Yeah. You know, and I don't. And then the very people who want to get promoted come in and go, Trent, how come you don't think Jeremy brought me up? And I said, well, he asked you guys five hard things. And Dustin over here stood up four of those five times and said, I will. And then the other times, Tricia stood up and said, I will. And then you never stood up and said, I will, man. Like, so when is it going to be? When are you, you going to actually come in and take that over? Yeah. And, you know, it's really interesting you say that because I had two incredible examples growing up. First off was my grandfather. I still got his, you know, portrait on the wall here. He was Omaha Beach Landing in World War II, his Korean War, my dad, Vietnam vet. And my dad, when, I, when, when he signed for me to go in the Marines, right? And I think he was like, at that point, I think he was frustrated. He was like, man, he's your all's problem now. I got tired of <laughs> his ass six months ago. Was he a police officer at that time too? Oh yeah, 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 yeah. yeah. He was. He's like, like, hey man, I don't want to put my own kid in cuffs, so why don't you oh, guys man, take like, him? I'm and- gonna <laughs> him out. Y'all take him, right? But my dad said, he goes, look, volunteer for every job, no matter how bad, how dirty it is, just take it because it's a learning opportunity. But you're going to demonstrate that you're willing to do anything, and I did. Like you're talking about, whether it's clean the toilet, whatever, right? And then uh, the other example, my grandfather. So this is a GI Joe hovercraft. And I'll tell you the funny story behind that is uh, when I was in the third grade and, you know, he, he, I had to do this autobiography project. And so my grandfather who lived with us goes, what are you working on? And I was like, well, I got to do this stupid school project. School's stupid. I hate school. School's stupid. Right. And yeah. And he's like, you know, here's a man, you know, <laughs> on beach landing looking at yeah. this third grader. Like, and he goes, you know what? I'll make you a deal. He goes, what do you really want? And, uh, you know, G.I. Joe was real big during the time. I was like, oh, Papa, I, man, a G.I. Joe hovercraft, you know, that would be the coolest thing in the world. And he goes, if you get an A, I'll buy you a hovercraft. And I was like, what? So I solicited my mom, right? Mom, you got to help me with this project. I got to get an A. <laughs> and then so, you know, we I worked all week on it. I turned it. I couldn't sleep. I couldn't just get any sleep. I was thinking, I was like, man, I got to get an A on this. And then so the teacher you know, in the beginning of class, you know, it's like, hey, I'll, I'll hand out your stuff at the end of class. And I was like, man, like, like, are you kidding me? I gotta wait. And then when she handed it out, I remember just sitting there and I was terrified to open it. Yeah. And then I was like, and then I opened it and it was an A plus. Right. And I just, I couldn't, I couldn't even think. I, and I rode the bus home and it was like the longest bus drive ever. 
And I remember because, you know, we live way out in the country and lived down this long dirt road. And I even, man, I was running from the bus back to the house. Matter of fact, I ate it. I shoveled a bunch of gravel in my face, you know, and I was just, I walk in the door and my, my grandfather's at his desk. He's taking a little cat nap. And then I was like, Papa, Papa. And he's like, what are you doing? And I was like, I, hey, you need to get your keys and we need to go down. You're going to buy me this hovercraft right now. Look, I got an A. And he's like, well, all right, well, hold on. And, and I was like, no, you don't understand. I did my part. It's time for you to do your part. Let's go right now. Yeah. And he goes, sit down. And I was like, well, okay. You know, because my grandfather says, sit yeah, down. Yeah, yeah, that, that voice. And he's looking through it. And he looks over at me. He reaches under the desk and pulls out the hovercraft. And I was confused. I was like, you already had the hovercraft. And he goes, look, I knew you were going to do it. And, uh, and even on, on the quote right here, if you put your mind to it, there's nothing you can't do. And it's TCU purple, right? Because yeah. that toy became like all toys. And it became something that just got thrown out. So I told the same story to my, my MBA class at TCU. And my friend Jason Kramer was inspired by the story. And he went and he found a hovercraft and painted it purple, put it in this case, put the quote on it. And this was Christmas of 2014. And he brought it over in a Christmas, you know, all wrapped up. And when I opened it up and I saw it, I started to tear up. Yeah. And I was like, I was just speechless. He goes, I was so inspired by your story. And he goes, and now I understand you is from the third grade. You, you've believed that there's nothing you can't do because somebody believed in you. And all it takes is one person to believe in you. I mean, yeah. it's great if you have a hundred, but you just need one. Yeah. And because of that belief, look, it hasn't been, you know, all sugar canes and, and everything else. Right. Yeah. I've lost money. Yep. Right. I've, I've, I mean, I've lost it all before, <laughs> you know, this year was a challenge year. You know, I personally, personally had to write more than a million dollars worth of checks to several of my businesses because mm. of the mistakes that we made. That's a lot of money. But oh, if you would have told me 30 years ago that I had the ability to take out a pen and write a million dollars worth of checks, I'd have been like, I, I can't even comprehend a million. And now yeah. a million doesn't even seem like anything. Actually, there's no denomination. People are like, what's the goal? And I'm like, it's, it has nothing to do with money. Yeah, It has to do with success. It has to do with how can I bring other people up, right? How do they make it to the show, right? Yeah. How do they come up out of the leagues and make it to the, you know, the pros and how do they make it to the World Series and watching them work together. So one of our companies, Stacks, right? Stacks Property Services. And, and watching them, we had a retreat back in October up in a place in Colorado, watching them come together even closer, all vets, right? But we got one army guy. Everybody else, Marines, we got one army guys, army <laughs> ranger, because we needed somebody that knew how to read and write. My, my shirt here is actually a SEAL shirt, by the way. Right, yeah, 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 yeah. I yeah. Like the SEAL museum down here, here, so we like them too. A lot of rivalry between recon Marines and SEALs, right? You know, it, although we all go to Coronado to do our same training, right? Yeah. Except right. we used to steal their stuff all the time. It was great. and uh, Or acquire, as we said in the Marines. We didn't really steal. We just acquired things. Yeah, and watching them come together and... You know, and one of the most exciting things that happens at any of my companies is when I have to call them, not because anything other than to tell them a funny joke or, hey, how are you doing? Because they don't have to call me anymore. They're doing it. They're running it. So that's why I tell people is I'm like, I have 11 companies, but I really don't run 11 companies because they all run them. Yeah. I don't have to run you, them. You believe in them. 
I believe in him, right? Yeah. Well, there's, there's, there's so much here, man, Jeremy. There's, there's so much right here. Like, it's crazy. And, you know, one of the things that I, I remember reading a story about an entrepreneur, right? And he's a friend of mine, actually. And he was telling his story and named Peter Thomas. And he wrote a book called Never Fight with a Pig. And he talked about how he had, you know, he bought Century 21 Canada when he was like 25 years old for a hundred grand and he only had 10. So the guy took it and said, Hey, you'll owe me 90. Right. And, and then he sold it for $33 million in like five years. Right. Like crazy, you know, and you're just like, Whoa, this guy, like, and then he lost the money. I remember having this conversation. I was reading the book. I was probably like 27 years old. I was with my brother-in-law and I remember we were sitting at this, we were, we were actually at the Rose Bowl and I was like, man, this, this dude, you gotta be stupid, man. Like how do you lose $33 million, right? Like how do you lose $33 million? He goes, man, that's awesome. Yeah. Awesome. No, no, no. You didn't hear. He's like, he lost 33 million. And he goes, had 33 million to lose. Dang. You got a point, man. <laughs> like, right? So you're yeah. like, you say like, you know, I can't even imagine back in 1997, I got to write a million dollars for, you know, steps, missteps that we made. Listen, I've had, I've had 10, 15 years of positive cash flow, you know, productivity, you know, what we, we we've done a lot of things, right. And, and, and we missed that. And I got to do this and no, it doesn't feel great. No, it's not comfortable, but I have the ability to do it, you know, and it's awesome. Need to hydrate, but tired of plain old water. You need rebellious infusions, no sugar, no calories loaded with antioxidants to boost your immune system and L-thionine for brain health, 10 organic flavors and convenient liquid packets. Just add 16 ounces and you are on your way. Rethink your drink at drinkrebellious.com. For 10% off of your next purchase, use the code 999999. Do you want to be our next guest? Or do you have inspiring stories to share? Or do you love to inspire, support, and empower thought leaders? Feel free to send Trent a direct message on Instagram or Facebook at Leadershipity.